Let me bring in our hypnotist, Marshall Silver. It's uh, Marshall Silver, ladies and gentlemen, the world's fastest hypnotist. Welcome, it's Marshall Silver, your personal millionaire maker. On Marshall Silver Live, episode number eight. Eight is infinity. I was out feeding the fish, the koi fish, in our koi pond this morning, and I was realizing, number one, how unique we are as creatures, just creatures in general. And uh, secondly, how to the koi fish, I'm God. And if I don't take care of them, then they don't get taken care of. And the koi didn't invite themselves into my world. Uh, I invited them into my world. And if I invited them into my world, then I am responsible for those beings. So uh, I, uh, the reason I bring it up is I was thinking about a buddy of mine's over in Japan right now. And he was sending some photos back of like crazy good looking sushi. And often people joke about the koi in the pond and say, that's good looking sushi. And I say, no, those are my friends. Speaking of friendship, uh, I'd like to be your friend, and I'd like to bribe you. On today's show, we have $8,500, $8,500 up for grabs. When you say the secret word, secret word in this sealed envelope right here with today's date on it. There it is. Yeah, getting close enough so it focuses. Focus, focus, you fool. So at any rate, there it is. And uh, also, we've got 10 ounces of pure silver, as we do every single day, up for grabs. If you're brand new to the show, all you got to do is... Uh, get a hold of me at studiomoney.info forward slash live guests, studiomoney.info forward slash live guests, and I will uh, get you on the air. And if your question is the most interesting question of the day, you instantaneously win 10 ounces of pure silver. Speaking of that, yesterday's winner for asking a fascinating question voted on by you and her peers after the show was over all the way up. We, we, we count the ballots all the way up until today's show. And Monica Buchanan, you are the winner of 10 ounces of Marshall Silver, finely minted silver. I'm excited about today's show. I, I believe I have met this gentleman before. I'm not positive, and, and I haven't talked to him prior to just now, or as we're about to talk. I certainly know all about him. Uh, Maurizio Rauld is a stellar real estate investor. He is also the leading authority legally on all things syndication inside of real estate. He is a good-looking guy, I might add. He is the is an amazing father, an amazing husband, and he writes his own introductions. So please welcome to Marshall Silver Live, Ra Maurizio Raoul. <laughs> hey, Marshall, how you doing? Welcome home, friend. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm a little stuffed up today. I'm I'm, I'm about to defeat this uh, flu that I've had for the last couple of days, but uh, feeling good today and looking forward to uh, spending some time with you guys today. Yeah, me too. I'm so glad that you are able to be on the show. Uh, you, I've seen your name pop up and your face pop up all over the place. Have we met? I don't know if we've met. I know we have a lot of people in common. In fact, I was just looking at all your guest lists and a lot of them are my clients. And so I know we run in the same circles. Uh, so uh, we, we probably have crossed paths at some, you know, it's, I know we're both always seeking uh, personal development and growth. And so we probably frequent the same, uh, the same events. And I, I'm sure we've uh, crossed paths before. 
Yeah, I looked at your Facebook page, and of the nine people that popped up as your friends, six of them were my students. So I <laughs> said, I am shocked that, that we're not better friends. So welcome home. Glad you're here. Looking forward to getting to know you. So that the folks that don't know anything about you can get to know you a little bit before we start chatting about real estate, law, syndication, and all the above. What would you like them to know about you? A little bit of your history. Well, look, first and foremost, I'm, you know, I'm a loving husband to my amazing wife, Heidi, who I've been married, just celebrated 10 years of uh, marriage uh, a couple of weeks ago. So super excited about that. And we've got two little daughters. So super proud of my two little girls, nine and 10. Uh, and uh, that's really my main focus in life is just uh, being the most amazing husband and uh, best father that I can be. Uh, for a living, I am a what we call a syndication attorney. Uh, I really more if I run a legal firm, I don't practice as much as I used to. So I actually run a multi seven figure law firm uh, with my team, uh, which is interesting because five years ago, I didn't have that. I was a solopreneur, a single point failure, had some uh, medical issues, which kind of forced me to you know, look at things and, and reevaluate things and, and, and make sure that whatever happened back then, I'm happy to talk about it, didn't happen again. So I went on this quest to, to build this law firm over the last five years and finally got it to the point where it'll run without me, which is, I think, every entrepreneur's dream. So uh, happy about that, got that there. But uh, yeah, now I spend most of my time counseling. My clients are all real estate investors and they're all generally looking to raise capital to go buy bigger deals, right? You can only get so far doing single families and duplexes and fourplexes and all that stuff. So my clients typically are buying larger multifamily, you know, 100 unit apartment buildings, mobile home parks, self storage. Uh, and my job, as I like to joke, is uh, just to make sure they do that and keep them out of jail. Because uh, once you take money from investors, as you know, Marshall, it's, uh, it's a whole new uh, ball game out there. And, uh, and that's my job is to kind of, you know, navigate that world for them. And I've been accused, I've been accused of being one of the few lawyers that actually speaks English. And so I'm, I've got that ability to sort of, you know, distill all this complicated uh, security stuff and make it easy to understand. And that's kind of been my little gift, uh, which is why I'm, I love doing my own intros. I, I commend you for doing the live. I do a live every Monday myself for, for the real estate syndication community. Uh, and then I've got a fun podcast called Drunk Real Estate with a couple of my uh, old uh, bigger pocket friends. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, things are good. I love it, good stuff. You said bigger pockets. Are you? You know who Tarl uh, Tarl is? I just had a drink with Tarl on Friday. That's an interesting story. I flew to Kelowna, Canada, last Thursday for a meeting with my coach, and completely unrelated to that, uh, Tarl and his going to be Rich Fetke, who's a good friend of mine, and yep. uh, Dave Myers, who's a bigger pockets uh, guy. And who else is out there? Anyway, a bunch of Rich's friends were, were there for a completely different reason. I mean, what are the odds of two completely different people flying into a small little town in Kelowna? They were going to go off and do some fun stuff and do some helicopter uh, skiing or heli skiing, whatever it's called. Uh, and then I was doing uh, a little coaching. But uh, yeah, Charles, uh, Charles has been a good friend for many years now. Tarl and a client, I must say. I'll throw in there. He's also a client, as most of these guys are. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, Charles uh, came through my seminar, gosh, I think almost 20 years ago. And a few years back, maybe maybe eight or 10 years back, he came back to the seminar and he was with this gorgeous woman. And uh, I, I said, so how long have you and the wife been married? And he got kind of nervous. Oh, we're not married. This is my girlfriend. You know, don't, don't talk about that. And I said, I'm going to talk about it because if you don't, someone else is going to. And uh, shortly after that, they got married. Right. Grace, yeah, Grace is awesome. Grace is the best. Yeah. And then uh, obviously they've got a, a phenomenal kid. So, you know, life is good. Yeah. And, and I, 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 
I was gonna say, I've been fortunate because one of our, you know, we have a lot of sort of influencer clients. One of them is Brandon Turner. So through that relationship, I've kind of gotten to know all of the sort of uh, bigger pockets OGs. You know, Jay Scott is one of our co-hosts in the Drunk Real Estate Podcast. And uh, and then everybody in that in that uh, bigger pockets community, I've really gotten to know over the last few years. And it's just an amazing community. I would agree. Yeah, it's really good stuff they've done over there. So let's get back to basics on, you know, obviously you, you said ba- kind of. Uh, I'm a uh, syndication, real estate syndication attorney. Yeah. And so you make sure all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. Uh, You work with mostly larger clients, although smaller clients obviously need to be concerned. And especially right now under this current administration, I'm seeing substantial attacks on the most ludicrous of things on anybody perceived to be any, any kind of opposition. And so obviously we, we just saw what happened with Trump up in New York State. Uh, getting a a civil judgment against him for three hundred and fifty five thousand million when yeah. there was no crime committed. So if if that doesn't tell you anybody can be charged with anything at any time, nothing does. You know, I personally uh, got attacked back in two thousand by the Nevada Attorney General, and they 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 came in guns blazing. And, and the reason I'm sharing this is I want to talk about this because I know you've got some more stories like this with your clients, if not yourself. We, they came in guns blazing on me and all of my peers that had had similar circumstances said, pay the fine, move on with your life, let it go. And, you know, I don't know about any of my peers, but I was poor growing up. And so I got bullied a lot. And my experience with bullies is if you let them bully you, they'll bully you again. And so I said, no, I'm going to fight this thing. And so four years and over a million bucks later, I fought it. I was exonerated. It didn't uh, make it any easier. It took massive toll on my life. And, you know, in retrospect, one of the things that we do is I record every single seminar we do. I do not step on a platform unless there's a video running because I do not want there to be a mistake about what I said. And, you know, a, a couple of my friends that have gotten in trouble with SEC or FTC, any letter agency, have said, oh, no, I, I don't want to record. I don't want to have evidence of everything that was said. I said, well, then. The recording is not the challenge. The challenge is you. So I, I don't do anything great, just for the record. I don't do anything questionable. You know, if there's any opportunity that, that I could get attacked or something, I just don't do it. And um, let's talk a bit about that. What's, what's the biggest things that get real estate yeah. investors in trouble? Because about 70% of my audience are real estate investors or people that would like to learn how to invest in real estate. Yeah. So let's start there and, and just chat about what, what gets them in trouble. Yeah. So on that particular, it's funny that you mentioned you record everything. That's one of the things we recommend quite a bit, because a lot of times, especially when you're dealing with one of these letter agencies like the SEC or even your state regulators, unfortunately, the burden tends to be on you to prove whatever you're trying. It's almost like you're guilty until proven innocent. Right. For sure. And so because you're dealing with investors a lot of time and usually if, if it's becoming an issue, the investors have already lost their money. They're, they're not your friends. Right. And so I always recommend when you're having these discussions with investors, when you're kind of qualifying them, when you're trying to get into those legal relationships so that you can actually offer them some of these some of these investments, just record it. You're going to be on a Zoom call anyway. Just just zoom it, record it, put it in a vault. These days it can get transcribed pretty easily, but just put it aside. So if it ever becomes an issue five years from now, three years from now, you can go back to your file and say, hey, look, here's the meeting I had with, with Marshall. And this is what we talked about. I've got the transcript. I told him I went through the process, right? Uh, because uh, that's what the SEC is going to look for. You know, he said, she said, you're always going to lose with all these agencies. But, um, you know, that, so recording, I think I agree with that. It's a very, and I, by the way, we do the same thing. So we do a lot of, uh, in fact, we had one this morning. We do a lot of training for our clients 
uh, on how to do things properly, especially on the social media round, especially again, I have a lot of influencer clients, a lot of clients have big followings. And so they want to be selling their investments there. We make sure that they do it properly, but by having these training sessions and recording them and all that stuff, you know, we have a record of it. So if anything ever happens and say, Hey, look, we, we advised you that you shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff or that kind of stuff. So don't yeah. always, so I'm, I'm a big believer in, in having everything recorded, uh, especially if you don't have anything that, uh, you know, anything nefarious that you're doing, it, it, it usually will help you out in, in the long run. Well, that's the key right there. You know, if you're, you're not doing anything uh, illegal, then you don't care. Yeah. I happen to love cameras. I think every cop, uh, should always have a camera on their person. I, I think that in general public, if we don't have a belief that we have privacy, that I believe cameras should be there. And the yeah. only people that don't like cameras are people doing something wrong. Yeah. So, and it's funny you brought up Trump. We, we actually talked about it. We, we record, it's really cool. We record our podcast on Tuesday night and it gets released Wednesday morning. Our, our editors do a nice job, but it was all on Trump and, and the whole Trump, how that came down. And it was really frustrating for us because really it was a situation where trump was had not an issue necessarily but it was dealing with the two private parties it was trump dealing with the bank which is actually Deutsche bank not even a small mom and pop investor i mean these are multi 25 billion dollar company and Deutsche bank didn't have any issues they didn't lose any money all the loans were paid back and yet they had a governmental agency that kind of stepped in and and, and wanted to sort of uh, show and you know it's happening all over the place it's not just trump it's probably all of the high net worth individuals it's not all high net worth individuals, yeah. it's all conservative high net worth individuals that might vote for Trump. Right. But it's only one person that got nailed. So if you're going to go nail everyone for these practices that were alleged uh, for Trump in terms of the valuations of his properties, because that was the main issue, right? And obviously he's getting needs to get loans. And so there was a big question of where he was getting these valuations. But it was just amazing to me because I was reading the judge order. Obviously, I'm, as a lawyer, I, you know, I don't want to watch all the media. I want to go right to the source. And I was just reading all this stuff, and it, and it was amazing to see that the level of you would think that Deutsche Bank, who's you know lending millions and hundreds of millions of dollars, is doing a really high level due diligence or what have you. They'd be looking for appraisals, looking for audited financials, and it's the complete opposite. There's like a compilation of records, and it's like, hey, whatever you tell me, I believe. And it's the level of due diligence I thought was really shocking on behalf of Deutsche Bank. So it's like, hey, if that's what they want to do, that's the business model they want to run. That's great. And if they have an issue, then they can always sue in court. But the fact that we had a third party come in and sort of interfere and all that was really what got us all riled up in our episode last night. Well, as it should, because, you know, the, the New York governor, you know, what's the judge, Arthur Engeron. Yeah. Uh, when Engeron, you know, made the ruling, the immediately, like within a couple hours, the governor of New York said, hey, we want you to just know we're not going to do this to any other real estate investors. You're safe <laughs> investing in New York. So, you know, bring your money. And then uh, Kevin O'Leary said it and i and i agree he said i'm not doing business in new york state anymore if that's how they treat one of their top citizens one of their biggest contributors to their economy if that's how they treat him can you imagine yeah. how they're going to treat anybody else that doesn't yeah. have the and this was the this was the point um doesn't have the ability to fight back right and that is the biggest thing you know yeah, yeah if, if i want to rule the schoolyard what do i do i go into the schoolyard and i beat up the biggest kid there yeah. And so, you know, all election interference aside, which is clearly what's going on right now, all of that aside, then how do I want to get people to jump into line and, and, you know, follow, you know, my lead and do exactly what I want them to do, beat up the big guy. So I think that that's what, without a doubt, is going on there. Because yeah. once again, I, I, I know real estate, you know, real estate, anybody that looks at Mari Lago and says that's an $18 million property. Uh, regardless of what Trump bought it for, it doesn't matter what he bought it for, it's what it's actually worth, uh, is insane. 
Yeah. And so, you know, again, I tell people all the time, especially because I train a lot of speakers and I teach people how to sell from the platform. And I teach everybody that I teach how to sell, have a video, do not say anything gray, be very clear on exactly what you're saying. So if you say, as an example, in a promotion, and I learned this from my radio days, if I say I have hundreds of thousands of dollars to give away, how much am I putting at stake with that statement? I'll ask you as an attorney, I have hundreds of thousands of dollars to give away. What's that mean minimum? In terms, I'm sorry, I didn't quite, in terms of when you're offering that as part of your... Yeah, in semantical terms, if I say I have hundreds of thousands of dollars to give away, that means I've got to have at least 200,000, plural. Right. But if I, right. if I say I have hundreds and thousands of dollars to right. give away, right. that's a very different statement. Right. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes if some, somebody will run an ad. There's a there's a big promoter right now. And I, I guess I'm free in saying his name because he says <laughs> Onyx Silver and Onyx Silver was attacked by the government. He's an online marketer and they got attacked for claims is usually the case. And, you know, he he now is Mr. Paranoid. And I'm thinking you should have been Mr. Paranoid before, for sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the thing that I tell everybody is the government's not your friend. Record yeah. everything you say and yeah. be willing to back up any remark you make. Yes. And do not call people teammates or partners if they're not, because everything you say, everything you print, especially everything you record matters. Yeah. And since we're on the topic of this government intervention, maybe we can help you send most of your a, a big part of your audience is either real estate investors or wanting to. But I mean, have you talked about all about this corporate transparency act nonsense that's going on with all of these uh, government uh, requirement of private information for entities? Have you talked about that at all? Because that to me is a fascinating topic. No, let's talk about that now. Yeah. So so as of beginning of this year, so literally two months into the year, as of January 1st of this year, if you have any any entity that you ever file, so an LLC, which a lot of obviously, if you're a real estate investor, you have LLCs mostly, or you may have limited partnership or corporate. If you're a business owner, you're going to have corporations. The government now is requiring you to submit some personal information of the ultimate owner of those entities. So, for example, they're going to want to know what your what your name is, what your home address is, what your date of birth, what your passport number, what your driver's license number. They want a copy of your driver's license, and this is how all required in the name of, you know, avoiding tax fraud, tax evasion, you know, nefarious activity and all that stuff. But you've got now 90 days from any time you file an entity. So if you go to the state today and say, I need to set up an LLC because I'm buying a new property, within 90 days of filing that LLC, you have to submit all this information to the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, which is a division of the, the federal government. And that goes for all of your prior entities too. So if you've been investing in real estate for decades and decades and you have 10, 20, I have a client who actually has 130 LLCs, <laughs> 130. So we have, for that one, at least we have a year, but we have until the end of the year to get all of that per personal information uh, to the government within, you know, within the next year, which is a, a really onerous, really onerous task. And it really makes it harder and harder to, especially if you're just starting out, you mentioned a lot of your listeners are just starting out, but one of the most important things we always recommend, and maybe it's even one of the biggest mistakes people make is not creating that entity to place their properties in. They own these properties in their personal name, which opens them up to huge exposure if something were to happen, you know, to their properties, a slip and fall or, you know, some boiler explodes in the rental property. Now they, they have unlimited liability, limited exposure. People are already hesitant to set up LLCs because, oh, it's too expensive. It's a pain. I don't know how. 
they often rely on insurance, which I don't think is enough, but we can talk about that. But now we have this additional governmental, um, you know, impositions, let's say, which now is going to be required. You know, we actually stopped setting up entities because it was such a non, it was such a, a burden on us to set these up. It was, we were actually on the hook legally if we, if, if we got wrong information for the client and we filed it, were, the onerous was on us. So we ended up stopping setting LLCs. But the price of LLCs at the end of the day is going to start going up over the next couple of years to account for this new regulation. And, uh, you know, supposedly it's only for the government and the FBI and the law enforcement, all that stuff. But we'll see how quickly that information can seep out to plaintiffs, lawyers and people who are looking to come after your assets and file lawsuits against you. So, uh, yeah, if you have any type of entity, I highly encourage you to just probably Google. There's nothing special. Just just Google Corporate Transparency Act started as of January 1st of this year. And uh, it's become a really big deal for for anybody who has an entity. And obviously, real estate investors, by definition, should have. You know, if you want to be a large multi, uh, uh, real estate investor, you, you want to have a lot of LLCs because that means you have a lot of properties. Uh, but um, but that's something that's been really hot on the presses from uh, from the sort of the legal real estate side. I'm a brand new real estate investor. Haven't done a single deal. What should I put in place to get me ready to start investing? Yeah, I, I believe, you know, even if you're just starting out, um, you should be putting, if you're going to buy a rental property, you want to make sure, number one, you have insurance. Uh, because again, the, there's two ways you can get hurt by having real estate. One is something happens to you unrelated to the to the real estate. You get into a car accident, you get into a dispute, there's a lawsuit against you, and then there's a judgment against you, then obviously they can come after your re real estate, right? So you, they can come after your assets, and now you have a piece of real estate, whatever equities in there I can come after. But I think what most people forget is that if, if something were to happen to the tenant, they get injured on your property, the owner's responsible for that liability. And so if the owner is you, you have unlimited liability. I mean, somebody slips and falls and breaks their neck and there's a multi, multi-million dollar judgment against you, that's gonna, that's, that's gonna far supersede the value. It doesn't matter that the property's worth 100 grand and there's only $20,000 in equity. If there's a multi-million dollar judgment against you, they can attach that to you and they can go after your future wages, right? It's not just, oh, I don't have anything right now. I've got a W-2, I don't have anything to protect. No, 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 you have your future earning power to protect and those judgments are good for 10 years and then you can always get those renewed. So you gotta be super careful. Uh, at a minimum, you wanna have insurance uh, so a good policy that protect you, but insurances, they're one of my biggest pet peeves. I mean, always your first line of defense, no doubt. You should never buy anything. No real estate should be purchased without insurance, but they have so many holes in them and they there's it's not uncommon for you to think you're being uh, protected. You're making your monthly premium payments, thinking everything's good. And then when it's time to collect because something happens, you realize, uh oh, that's excluded from your policy or it doesn't cover as much as you thought it did. And so you, you so insurance is good, but you always ha wanna have a backstop in case insurance fails for whatever reason or you're underinsured and that's where these entities come in so that the real estate is owned by an llc and you in turn own the, the llc which is which is a limited liability company that's kind of real estate investing 101 from the legal side from the protection side which is where i focus on what syndication syndication is simply the pooling of resources it's usually money but it's literally i'll give you a simple, simple example i want to go buy a piece of property and it's $100,000, right? And I just wanna buy it cash. And so I go and get four of my buddies and get $25,000 from each of my buddies. I do all the work and then we split the profits five ways, right? So I basically pool money, go buy a piece of property or an asset or whatever I'm gonna buy. And then I do all the work, my investors are passive. So I, I'm generating the returns. I give them a check at the end of every month or every quarter. Um, but uh, it's a way for me to scale to either buy something that I can't use my own money because I don't have enough, or maybe I don't want to use my own money. A lot of our investors, 
that are buying you know multi-million dollar properties uh, they don't want to use their own money they have access to capital but uh, and in most simplest form you could literally have a hundred thousand dollars yeah now there's a compliance cost to it so it may not make sense for you to do something that small but uh it's just getting past investors and anytime you're taking money from past investors the securities world starts to kick in and you want to make sure you're doing that legally because there are a lot of rules and regulations around taking people's money. Yeah, for sure. What are, uh, I, we had Cody Sperber on the show. Yeah, uh, he's a client, recently. friend of the client. Yeah. Good. Cody's amazing. And, you know, he was talking about the fact that he went from doing all these residential deals to finally realizing what commercial real estate and multifamily yeah. real estate really was. Yeah. And so what do you suppose is the reason that most people that are actually okay with and maybe even doing decently inside of single family, what do you yeah. suppose is the reason they don't make the leap? I think most of them eventually do because, you know, there's only so much, you know, eventually you're going to run, and especially if you get the bug, which, which a lot of us does, eventually you're going to run out of your own money or you're going to run out of your own credit. I mean, at some point you can get 10, you usually have about 10, I don't know if that's changed in the reason, but you got, you got your 10 maximum. So at some point you want to keep buying real estate, but you just run out of your own money. So it makes sense to then jump, make the leap to, to go into buying larger deals. And then you start realizing you know, you start realizing that you know, like every property spits off. It's nice. I get passive income, but you know, at this pace, I'm going to have to have, you know, 365 single family homes in order to generate as much, you know, cash flow, uh, free cash flow every month. And so when you start getting exposed to the world of, and when you say commercial, it's like, I, I don't want to scare people. We're just talking apartments and it doesn't have to be a hundred unit apartment building. It can be a 10 unit apartment building, a 16 unit apartment building, but you get those economies of scale. And, uh, and then you're also able to get loans that don't require your credit in order to get, you know, you can rely on the property themselves. So I think my experience is most people do start single family, they start wholesaling, they start, you know, flick, fix and flipping, they do the burr strategy, which a lot of bigger pockets uh, community does. But at some point they realize that that's A, a lot of work, B, it's going to take a long time. And once they get exposed to this idea of, wait a minute, I can go buy bigger stuff, I get there quicker, I get economies of scale. Um, but I just don't have the capital. And once they get over that hump of, well, you don't need the capital because you can go get the capital from friends and family and, and you know, people that you know, or, or maybe new people, then then that becomes more thing. And, and to be honest with you, uh, Marshall, I saw a stat the other day that said that 70% uh, of all syndicators or capital raisers have less than three years of experience. So there's a lot of new people coming in because there's a lot of people that are teaching how to make the jump. But I think once people see that, they, they, they find that appealing and they tend to go in that direction. And that's what happened with Cody, right? So he's doing the single family and all that stuff. And suddenly he's like, wait a minute, I have an audience, I can raise capital. Um, why can't I just go do a bigger deal? And then you get to his level now where he's actually creating a fund, which is even the next level because you're not, you don't even have any properties yet. You're actually just raising the money first. Then you put that, you have basically a piggy bank with all this cash. And then you go out and look at for properties with that cash that you've already raised, which is now all, probably the ultimate you know, that's the ultimate level. But if you're just starting out and you're, you know, you're doing your single families, that's all great. I love doing that. But at some point you're going to realize, man, it, this is great to have $60 a month in cash flow or $100 or $200 or $300. But if you do the math and, you, and, and, and also usually when you go larger in life, you, you, your number starts getting a little bit higher. It's almost like you're always chasing. Well, I'd be happy to get, you know, make $10,000 a month. And then you're like, well, I'd like to make $20,000 a month or $100,000 a month. And, and once you realize there's no limits when you're, when you're syndicating, the sky's the limit. There is no limit as to how much money you can raise. There's no limit as to how big you can get. It's just how big is your vision? How big is your drive? How big is your desire? And if that's what you want, this is a beautiful vehicle to get there because there are literally no limits as to how much money you raise. I mean, my 
my top clients. And again, Mike, so you mentioned this earlier. I don't, I don't play in the huge institutional space. So I don't represent family offices. I don't represent institutional, you know, Deutsche Bank or any of these guys. Most of my investors are mom and pop investors. I call them the mom and pop investors. Uh, some of them still have a W-2 job. So it's like they have their W-2 job. They've started to do this on the side. Eventually, the goal is to do that full time. But they're just people like you and me that just have, have taken the time to educate themselves, go to the seminars, get some coaching. And uh, they've just gotten really good at, uh, at showing people, hey, instead of investing in your IRA or your 401k or the stock market and all this stuff, why don't you invest in a syndication? Because you can get the benefits of a huge multifamily, 100-unit apartment building by investing $25,000 or $50,000, you get the same tax benefits as the big boys, you know, the bonus appreciation, the 10, all of that stuff that you would think, well, I don't get that because I don't get to play at that level. Well, you can play at that level. You, you just kind of take little fractions of it and, and invest twenty-five dollars or $50,000 at a time. And when people realize that, I think they get, they get pretty excited. I would agree. You had a, if uh, you, you, you mentioned you might be willing to chat about it. You said you had a personal major personal medical. Yeah, challenge. it was a big, yeah, it was a big, I don't, I don't say, I don't want to over dramatic. It wasn't like I almost died, but I had about a one in three chance of dying. Um, I, I have, that you almost died. I didn't realize this after the fact, cause I was so out of it, but you know, I have a, I have a autoimmune disease called Crohn's and uh, which mm -hmm. is just, you know, my body attacks my, 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 my intestines and stuff that kind of it, it, it confuses normal bacteria for the enemy. So it's constantly attacking me. So I have actually a pretty good immune system. You know, growing up, I always remember saying, you know, when God was hanging out immune systems, I was in the front of the line because I would never get sick. And even this flu, I'm sure for most, it'd probably be a two week flu. You know, who knows? I might even have COVID, but it just, I just, I fight it off pretty easily. And the reason is because I have a really overactive immune system. So it's got its pros and it's got its cons. But one of the things it does is it slowly erodes your intestines and it's almost like the heart, a heart attack. It just really starts to block your intestines. So they went in uh, about five, six years ago now, they went in for a pretty routine surgery. Uh, it was a, a sort of an arthroscopic. They just kind of snip the, the intestines and they reconnect them. They do a, a resegment. And, um, you know, I did that July of, 2018 and about two or two days later i think after that it was all going good and then suddenly I had this excruciating pain inside i was literally cussing i don't cuss very often i'm usually a pretty nice guy and i was just screaming at the nurse i was cussing her i was like get me the effing morphine i need the morphine and she's like oh it's just gas and i'm like Are you give me the effing this the effing that got the doctor in it turns out the staples that were holding my intestines didn't hold and so my oh, intestines man. had essentially erupted and all of the gunk oh, had gone into my yeah. stomach I became septic, which is what the what the uh, the, the issue there is. Uh, if that's not handled pretty quickly, so they went in and literally sliced me open. It was an emergency thing. It sliced me open actually three consecutive times because I couldn't get all the gunk out. So it was just it was just a nightmare. And I was in there for two months, I think it was uh, straight, ten surgeries, and then in and out of the hospital for you know for about six months, down to you know 113 pounds of pure bone and skin. Just it, it was just a really tough time for me. And I was a solopreneur. I was, it was still premier law group, but it was just me. I was doing all the work. I was literally at the hospital, Marshall, you know, with tubes hooked up, uh, you know, to the machines on my laptop, trying to get documents out because even though my clients were super understanding and they got it, you know, you've got a multi-million dollar deal to close next week. Like, you know, that just needs to get done. And so anyway, it, you know, revenue went down to zero because, you know, when you're not working and you're the, it just, you know, now luckily we had some reserves. It wasn't really a, a major issue from a financial standpoint other than having revenues down to zero. But I just realized, look, I can't be the, the single point failure. I can't have this happen again. If I get hit by a bus in the future, I can't put my family at risk like this. 
yeah, we got a little bit lucky this time that I was only out for six months and, you know, we didn't go down to zero for too long. So we had the reserves. So good lesson there. When, when they tell you to have some three months, six months reserve, that's what it's for. And it's an emergency fund. And we had that. Um, but um, so I just made a conscious decision at that point. Like, hey, I don't want this to happen again. I need to build a self-sustaining company, the one that runs without me, so that if this ever happens again, if I get hit by a bus and I end up in the hospital, or even if I die, the business will continue to, 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 to flourish and the business will continue to generate revenue for my, for my family and stuff. And so that's what I started to do back in 18. Um, and I've been, I've been really, I found a really, I got very fortunate. I found uh, my partner, Bethany, who's, uh, who's my partner now, my co-partner. And she's amazing. And she basically runs the whole day-to-day operations of the firm. And it's just been a fun journey to take it from basically zero to now, you know, multi-seven figures. And we're on our way to eight. And that's kind of where it's one of the reasons I went to Kelowna, Canada, is, is to meet with our coach to figure out, okay, how do we get from here to the next level? And it's been fun. You know, it's like, you know, you've got to ask yourself that question, right, Marshall? Who do you need to become in order to have the eight-figure business? You know, what skills do I need to do? I do I need to get? Uh, what what relationships do I need to get under? What what do I need to improve? Because obviously, if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to keep getting what I'm getting. And so, that's been fun for me. It's always fun for me to figure out what do I need to do, who do I need to become to get to that next level of whatever that goal or vision that you have for yourself. And and that's kind of where I am now. So it's it's, it's been a it's I do looking back, I think it's one of the best things that ever happened to me, right? Because if it hadn't if it hadn't happened, I'd I'd still be solopreneuring. I'd still be working, you know, twenty four seven all by myself trying to do it all. And um, so yeah, but it was quite a, quite a trying experience. It's probably one of the one of the the big pivot points of my life. And I've had many. That was probably the the last one I had. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a big lesson. I think a lot of lessons in there. And, and the main one is just don't be a single point failure. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I, I had open heart surgery in 21. Yeah. And that was the same thing for me is that, uh, you know, while it was going on, I just, I, I said, life is fast. It is fast. And if there's anything you need to get done, you need to get it done now yep. because tomorrow doesn't come. 100%. And if it does come, then you count your blessings and then realize the next tomorrow doesn't come. Yeah. We talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about scalability on this show. We talk a lot about saleability, how to get yourself out of the mix. So Premier is your law group, correct? Yeah, Premier Law Group, yep. So I see you speak a lot. You train a lot. Um, yeah. When you when you get on stage, are you teaching? Is that all you're doing or are you selling? And if you're selling, what no, do you sell? I'm, I'm purely, I'm, 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 I'm from the Gary V, the Gary Vaynerchuk school of thought. And so, uh, so I, I, you know, I had the pleasure of meeting with him a couple of times. I'm there, I'm here to add value. I, I believe it's obviously, as Jim Rohn would say, it's in your enlightened best interest, but I literally, I'm out there giving, just like you are today. You're giving just a massive amount of value, getting my brand out there. And, you know, the idea is that when somebody needs somebody like me to, Hey, I'm going to go raise capital. I want to buy a bigger building. I'm always in the top of the minds of, Hey, I'm one of the top two or three. And I've, built that brand. And so what, what happens is people, you know, who have these huge events, two, three day seminars, they'll bring me in to speak on whatever the top, usually it's the syndication piece. So they'll bring the securities attorney in. And like I said, I'm, I'm probably one of the more, you know, charismatic, uh, you know, you don't want to fall asleep uh, attorneys. I'm, I don't want to say I'm entertaining, but at least I, I won't put you to sleep. And so they, they bring me in, I speak for an hour. And of course that leads to business. It's not like, but I'm not there to hard sell. I'm here to educate you, open your eyes. You, you like me, you know, obviously there, I, I capture emails and then I go through the selling process, but it, it's not a hard sell that I'm just there primarily to, to sell a product. I'm there really to add value, really add value to the, 
the, you know, to the host who's putting on the event who wants me to come in and, and teach their students. Because they may be teaching the students about how to raise capital uh, in terms of the mechanics of it, like, you know, building an audience and building a building a brand and how to buy a big apartment buildings and all those things. They obviously want to make sure that that's done legally. So they bring me in to do that. Just like when I speak at uh, or I'm sometimes part of student uh, courses, right? Somebody's putting together a course uh, or a mastermind of some sort, then they'll bring me in because they obviously can't speak to the legal side. Um, and that's, that's the main thing I do when I'm on stages. And, and that's really how I built my business. When you talk about scalability with my, my MO up until now has been to, to partner with what I call, I call them gatekeepers and not really influencers, but it's gatekeepers because they're the ones that build the audience. They're, they're the ones that attract people into a room or into somewhere for a price. So it's not like an influencer where everybody's kind of, they're paying either a ticket to the event or their mastermind or their program. So they're already vested financially. Then I, I come in and I basically borrow from their credibility and their, their brand. Cause now I'm on stage, you know, in their audience. And that really does help, uh, you know, from the, I call it marketing, but honestly it, 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 the selling happens on its own because once they see you and then you get to talk to them after the event and chit chat, by the time they call you and they're, they're interested in your services, you, you're, you're almost all the way there. So you don't sell from the platform, but you do collect data and then you do follow up. And hundred percent. Yeah. You know, we always, uh, you know, ideally I will negotiate having the list of attendees uh, as part of me coming. Um, and if I can't get that, I will have some sort of a lead magnet. You know, for example, I'm one of my, probably one of my more popular, you know, I've got an ebook called the, the five things every syndicator must know to stay out of jail. <laughs> so if you're a syndicator, you're probably going to get that or want to have that lead me you know, that, that thing. Uh, I actually bought the domain stayoutofjail.com. So if you're interested, you can go to stayoutofjail.com. You'll get the ebook and then I've got your email and I'll follow up and we'll do the, the usual thing. Um, I also built my own little community called the real estate syndicator community, which right now is a Facebook group. So again, just adding value, uh, aggregating data, whether it's an email or anybody on, on a particular social media platform. And then I just pepper them with value. And that's sort of, if you want to call it selling, my selling method, which is not, I'm not saying I'm recommending this. I'm certainly not, not a sales expert, but I like to just lead with value. Uh, and, and I think I get that mostly from, from the Gary Vee model, which is, you know, the, the jab, 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 and then the right hook, right? So I'm just giving value, giving value, giving value. And then every so often I'll come in for the ask. Yeah, I just right hook, right hook, right hook, right hook, right hook. <laughs> I know there's different. There. Yeah, there's definitely different. There's, look, there's, the, there's, the, there's, I always say there's a couple ways that you can, there's the Grant Cardone model which is in, you know, obviously grants, you know, right hook, right hook. And then there's sort of the, like, what's her name? I, I, I should probably know the name, but one of the Kardashians or whatever. I mean, she became a billionaire and it's very subtle, right? I mean, she, she, she it's like, you've got a show and it looks like you've got a show, but really you've got all your cosmetic lines and all the stuff that you're kind of selling on the back end and people don't even realize they're getting sold uh, because it's just product placements and associations and stuff like that. So uh, I kind of fall more in that, in that uh, line. But, uh, but that doesn't mean I don't do follow-up or email sequences and all that stuff once I get the email. But uh, that's how I've gotten where I am now. But hey, maybe maybe when, it, when I need to get to eight figures, I may have to do that a little bit differently. Might have to be a little bit more right, a little bit more right hooks and jabs. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy to help you rewrite that presentation because if you're willing to sell them later, then you should be, you can be willing to sell them sooner. And yeah. no offense, no offense taken. Yeah, yeah, of but, course. Uh, but back to that. Um, and I would love to teach you, by the way, because I, I love what you do. And everybody that's done business with you has said you're the best in the business. So I, I, I know I need you. I know I need protection. I, I'm a real estate investor. I'm a little bit afraid. And like most yeah. people in whatever profession they're in, maybe they know the, the core skills, but this is not a core skill. How, how do I approach you? How do I do business with you? How do I hire you? What do I buy from you? 
the if you the approach side is you can you know we have a we have a, a website askmarisa.com is how i usually will will bring people into my world they'll you know fill out a questionnaire make sure you know, i understand kind of what you're doing then usually get on a call with, with either me or somebody on my team to kind of do an exploratory call to see if there's something we can help you with now again usually when I have those calls, it's somebody's already seen me on stage. Maybe I've already talked to them at an event, or maybe they're part of my community, or they've seen a YouTube video, or maybe they'll see this interview and they'll be like, oh, wow, this person really knows what they're talking about. I need somebody. Let me reach out. Um, so that's usually our process. They come in through, uh, honestly, the process can come in through all kinds of places. People DM me all the time because, hey, I love your content. Been watching you for years. I've got a deal under contract. I need to raise a bunch of money. Can we talk? That would be one way. Uh, or it's just from a presentation and it's, uh, you know, I get their information. I do the follow-up sequence and at some point, yeah, I'm ready. Uh, the challenge for our business is, is, is it's interesting because, you know, my customer is only ready at certain points of the timeline because no, they have to, they're, they're they have only to, ready when it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they, they have to have a, a deal under, like I could talk to you today and you're like, Oh, I, I need your services, but I don't have a deal under contract yet. So I don't need you right now. I'm, I might need you a month from now or six months from now. So it's really important for me to just stay in front of everyone. That's why I do so much social media so that when you are ready six months from now or three months from now that, you know, I'm still there uh, in front of you because the odds of me catching you at the right moment, at least for that part of the business syndication. Now for the entity form, I'm a recovering uh, asset protection attorney. That's why I know so much about entity formations and LLCs and stuff. Uh, for that one's a little bit different. That one, that, that one, everybody needs it all the time. The, the challenging part about the asset protection, it's almost like you're selling insurance because nobody really wants to spend the money to set up the entities and now with the Corporate Transparency Act. Uh, so it's not something I really enjoyed that much. And then I did it, you know, right, right when my second daughter was born, I did an analysis and I, I just sat down and I said, well, how much, how much time am I spending doing asset protection? How much revenue does it bring in? How much time am I doing the syndication? And it was like completely flipped. I was spending two thirds of my time on asset protection is generating one third of the revenue. And I was spending one third of my time on syndication is generating two thirds of the revenue. So that's when I said, let's go all in and be 100% on the syndication side, which is what I did back in 2015, I think it was. Okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, stayoutofjail.com. If you are a real estate syndicator, I would suggest go to stayoutofjail.com. Take a look at my book, Five Things Every Syndicator Must Know to Stay Out of Jail. Uh, or like I said, I've got this real estate syndicator community. So real estate syndicator live.com uh, every Mondays at 1130. And that's, that's a value add too. It's very similar to this. I, I do a little, I do a little rant usually for about five or 10 minutes. Uh, and then I'll just answer and do Q and a, sometimes I'll have guests on depending on, uh, you know, where we are, but, uh, yeah, and I'm pretty, pretty approachable and you, I'm everywhere on social media. So people can DM me if they've got questions. I do, uh, you know, I do a lot of ask me anything's on Instagram on the story. So there's a lot of ways to get free, free legal advice from me. Cause the nice thing about what I do, first of all, I don't have a scarcity mentality. I have an abundance mentality, but at the end of the day, this is not something you can do on your own. Like if you're going to raise capital from investors or, you know, you're, you're going to need a pro, right? It's like, it's like going to a, a medical doctor, right? You're not going to go figure out whether you're going to have a heart attack on your own. I can, I can tell you all the information and then convince you to come see the cardiologist to make sure you're, you get your bypass surgery. Good. So uh, without tipping all the beans, because we definitely want them to go to uh, stayoutofjail.com yeah. and, and download the report. What are the five things? <laughs> uh, the, the number, yeah, no. So the number one thing is people not understanding that they're selling securities. That's by far the number one. Pe people don't realize like, hey, what, which makes sense, by the way. Like, why am I, why is the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, why are they involved in my business? I'm just buying a piece of property, right? And what people don't understand is that Anytime you're taking money from passive investors where the returns are generated by your efforts, meaning you're doing all the work and your investors are getting a thing, that's, that's a security and you've got to comply with securities laws. And the structure, how you do it, does not matter. 
Uh, and then there's like the more advanced people who are trying to get around to say, oh, maybe I'll structure it this way. Maybe I'll do a joint venture. That's probably the number one mistake, right? I'll do this as a joint venture. And again, the SEC doesn't care what you call it, a joint venture, this, if it's a security, it's a security. So that's probably number one. Um, and then number two, the social media is a big thing. You know, that the, the number two is that the SEC has a zero tolerance for social media. Most of the time you cannot advertise your, your investments. And so going on social media and bragging about your deal and trying to raise money through social media is generally a no-no and that'll blow blow your rules and your exemptions. So that's, that's another one. And then the big one, I'll just leave it on number three here. The uh, one I wonder how some of the big players like, not to point them out. To yeah, the like Grant. How do, like, big, how do big players like a Grant Cardone? Yeah, so there are, uh, so, so the general rule, I'll give you the, the 10 second, I'll give you a, a whole web, a three-day webinar in 10 seconds. How's that? So once you realize you're selling securities, right, which is what you're doing when you're raising capital, you have three options. Number one, you have to register your security with the SEC. Or number two, you have to find an exemption to registration. Or number three, it's illegal. Those are your options. Register, find an exemption, it's illegal. And so it just depends on the exemption that you're looking for. So Grant relies on exemptions that allow him to advertise like a Reg A, Regulation A, or a Rule 506C. Those are two exemptions that he relies on. He's got some limitations. What are those exemptions? These are just exemptions that, so each exemption has a, a, a bunch of rules you need to follow. So for example, on, a, on the one he uses, a Reg A, for example, that allows him to advertise, but also allows him to take non-accredited investors, like non-high net worth individuals, which is why he has all of his followers and they can put in five grand or 10 grand. The challenge is you've got to do a mini registration. So it does take about nine months to get it through the registration process at the SEC. It's not a full-blown, we don't have a mini registration. And it costs probably about 10 times as much as a regular syndication. But that is one way you could do it. Create a fund. Most of us can't wait nine months for the SEC. You, you, if you're in contract to close in 30 days or 60 days, you can't wait for nine months. So most of the time that doesn't work. But if you're putting together a fund and it's a big fund, you know, 50 million, 75 million, that's, that's a way to go. Uh, the other way he used to do it at the beginning, and he still does some of them, is what's called a 506C exemption, which again allows you to advertise, but then you're limited to only accepting accredited investors. So that's the big downside of doing that exemption. Yes, you can advertise, but you can only take high net worth individuals, and you have an obligation to verify those individuals that they are in fact high net worth. And then the one that most people rely on, because it's probably the easiest, is the 506B exemption, which allows you to take a limited number of these non-accredited. So you can, you know, your, your, your Uncle Bob and Aunt Karen and your parents and everything like that. But you can only take up to 35 of those, which is nice. That's good. But that does not allow you to advertise. You cannot advertise if you're relying on that exemption. You have to have what's called a pre-existing substantive relationship with your investors. Uh, and so it's like, pick your, you just pick. And that's what we do. We counsel clients that go, here are your options of which exemption we pick. These are all the rules and conditions we need to apply, which one fits the most. Because if you're trying to advertise, well, that eliminates this one. Or if you're trying to take people who don't have that much money, non-accredited for 10, 50, then that eliminates these and your limit. So that's part of our analysis, what we're doing and trying to figure out what's the right example. Because we don't want to register. That's like going public. That's an IPO. And we obviously don't want to be Bernie Madoff and, and do anything illegal. So we, we, we're trying to find the best exemption. And there's, there's not that many. I mean, at the end of the day, I think 90, the last time I saw it was 95% of the exemptions are one of these two, 506B and 506C. And Grant started in the 506C world and now has migrated to this Reg A. And he's obviously crushing it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I'm excited. So th thank you so much. Before we wrap up, take a couple of minutes. Tell me all about the uh, Investor Summit cruise. 
Yeah, so I, so I I made my name with a group called the Real Estate Guys. They've been a big, I used to be their general counsel. There's a huge group of them, Real Estate Guys. And uh, every year they do a summit at sea. Uh, and so every year, and I've been going for like 20, 23 years. Actually, with COVID, cruises didn't go very well. So we they, they started doing it in Belize. But they're, they're picking that up again, uh, I think in, in June or July of this year. And so if you just go to their website, realestateguysradio.com, and you're interested, it's a really high level event. We get some really great, that's where I've gotten to know Robert Kiyosaki quite a bit. Uh, George Gammon. And, you know, that's another story for another day. How I met my wife was through Robert Kiyosaki and his, you know, his CPA, Tom Wheelwright's a really good friend of mine. He made some introductions. I know, and I know Tom it. very well. Yeah. So Tom's a great friend. And, uh, and uh, he introduced me to some guys that had a wedding in the Cook Islands. And that's where I met my beautiful wife. And here we are 10 years later and two kids. So uh, anyway, great event. The real estate guys, by the way, in March, they, they have their secrets of successful syndication, which I would highly recommend. If you want to just DM me or find me, I'll get to the link. Uh, yeah. The secrets of successful syndication is a two day seminar. If you're interested in raising capital and, and doing bigger deals, I speak at that every year. I'll be speaking this year as well. And that's just a kind of a comprehensive introductory seminar. If you're in, if you're thinking about or hey, just just thinking about maybe wanting to get into the business of raising capital and doing bigger deals, that's a great event to attend. And where is that? That's in Dallas, Texas. You I know the date. March, I want to say it's like March. It's Thursday, so it'll be a Friday, March twenty fourth. I want to say whatever those dates are. It's the end of March, the last weekend in March. Awesome, great, man. great event, yeah. Yeah, we would. We should get the uh, real estate guys on the show as well. Oh, absolutely! I'd love to make an intro. Absolutely, just let me just. I'll, I'll connect with your team. And I'll make an intro, introduction to Russ, and uh, I'm sure they'll happy to do it. I would love that. So uh, we talked about the first two mistakes. Give me, give yeah. me a recap real quickly. On yeah, that so uh, not realizing you're, you're investing in securities, uh, thinking a joint venture is okay, even though it's, it's just calling something a joint venture, which is a very common one. Uh, staying away from social media advertising. Uh, capital, paying people to raise money for you. That's a big one these days because it's getting harder and harder to raise money. It's very enticing for people to come in and say, hey, hey, Marshall, I know you're raising a bunch of money. I can bring in couple investors for you that probably can put in 500 grand, but Hey, I, I want a little piece of the action, right? Give me a little, little, little commission or a little, little pay or a little cut of the deal. Right. And that's a no, no, right. You've got to have broker dealer licenses and there's a whole bunch of regulations there, but that's something that's perverse in the industry. Right? I and mean, it happens. I get emailed all the time about, Hey, you know, I can raise money for you or I have a deal. Can you bring in some capital for me? So that's, that's kind of the, the other big no-no is, is, is having other people raise capital for me. The other, the other one to stay away from is, and I, I've had this happen a few times too, is, is drafting the documents on your own. Like, like getting a, a private place memorandum, which is our number one disclosure document, a PPM, a private place memorandum, which is basically like that, uh, you know that medical consent form that you get when you go have surgery? Like I get oral surgery all the time and they give you that little yellow sheet about all the things that could happen when I go under for three seconds, right? I can get a little bleeding, a little infection, you know, I could die. From the from from getting my wisdom teeth extracted, uh, but you know you look at all those risks and then you sign it and then the doctor comes in and signs it. Well, that's the equivalent of our of our PPM. It's just a disclosure document with all the ways your deal can go south. And um, one of the things that some people tend to do is you can Google PPM and you can get a template off the internet. And they're like, oh, this is this is good enough, and they'll just create that. And and people need to realize that a PPM is just a, a it's a vehicle, it's a pipe. Right. And you need to know what to put in the pipe and you need to feed the pipe. And that's really what the compliance part is, is, is understanding what the risks are of your particular unique situation, your investment, your investors, your deal, and making sure that um, you're disclosing all that information and putting that in the document. But, but using templates is, is an absolute uh, no, no. Awesome. 
Anything else you want to share with the audience before we wrap up today? It's been a great pleasure. I'm, I'm, where do you live, by the way? Where's home? I'm in uh, San Clemente, South South Orange County. I'm right next to right next to just north of San Diego in a little town called a little beach resort called uh, San Clemente, California. I am in Carlsbad right now. So I could I could probably see you from my house. <laughs> well, we're right on the beach, and we've been taking a beating. I, I woke up this morning like at I don't know five thirty. And yeah. I looked out the window and I could see the waves were extremely oh, flat. Yeah. The sky was fairly blue. I went into the bathroom and I, I sat down for two minutes and then I heard this roar. And I said, what the heck? And I left the bathroom. I looked up at the skylight in the master bath and the rain was coming down. I've yeah. not seen it that hard in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the sun, the sun, I just broke through right here. So you'll probably get a little breakthrough here pretty soon. I think today the the thing comes out. You know, the only other thing I I, I didn't mention, which I probably should at some point, but I'm, you know, as, 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 I, as I'm not the greatest uh, person here. To, uh, I have a book coming out next month called Legal Strategies for Everyone. And uh, I don't have the website set up. I'm working on it. But um, Legal Strategies for Everyone, I think it should be ready to come out first week of March. Uh, probably on Amazon. I know it's on Amazon. Um, so just waiting for confirmation on that. But that's uh, a little bit broad. It, it's guess what? It's about legal strategies for for who? For everyone, right? So it, it talks a lot about asset protection, estate planning, um, a, a lot of that kind of stuff. You know how to not waste money with lawyers. It's kind of like really a broad topic. So if anyone's interested in that, you can just go to askmarisa.com. Let me know, and I'll I'll, I'll make sure you uh, get the link when it's ready. You're awesome, man. Great having you on the show. Thank you so much. And, and I look forward to meeting you in person since we're practically. Next yeah, year. we're literally down the street from each other. So looking forward to that. Thanks so much for having me. It's been an honor and uh, looking forward to seeing you soon. Awesome. Take care, Mauricio. Thanks, Marshall. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye now. Yeah, I see that uh, a lot of you are commenting what how awesome our guests are. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. And uh, Mauricio is no exception. Good information, good stuff. So make sure you go to uh, stayoutofjail.com. And check out uh, conversation. What is it? What's the other uh, site? Yes, Ask Maurizio. So good stuff. Hey, as you know, we are about at the top of the hour, and the top of the hour means a couple things. It means you're going to have an opportunity to chat with me. And no, I'm not a movie. I am the real deal. I am not a villain. I'm a superstar, and I want to help you. And uh, you know what? That's what makes this show so very unique. Is and what's going to make it a monster of a show is that it is live. And live things happen, mistakes happen, people say things, and you got to deal with stuff. I had a an email from somebody the other day. They were listening to the show, and something came up, and they wanted to talk about a topic. And the topic they wanted to talk about was sensitive. Uh, I won't beat around the bush. It had to do with uh, molestation. It had to do with 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 pedophilia. The person was both a victim in their childhood, but they also then committed the same offense as an adult. And I, I said to them, as I say to everybody, I don't answer questions not on the air uh, unless you've hired me and I'm extremely expensive, so I don't expect you to hire me right now. But if you want to ask me, get on the air. And, and I know the person didn't want to reveal their identity, and I understand completely. If you want to ask me a question and it's one of those kinds of questions, uh, as I mentioned in the previous show, put on a mask. Uh, we don't really have the software to blur you, nor would I want to do that for your sake. Put on a mask. Message us, put on a mask, ask the question, and uh, that way we can talk about things that you might not be able to talk about otherwise. Speaking of not being able to talk about other things otherwise, my opinions will eventually get me banned. They have in the past. They're likely to get me banned again. I make no bones about it, and I don't apologize for the fact that I'm a patriot. I love my country, and I like telling the truth. And when things are not true, I like pointing out that they're not true. 
the uh, guest we just had on was a really good example of somebody who understands that you are guilty until proven innocent. And so for that reason, when we move over to the vault, which we're about to move to right now, in the future, we're going to start cutting off the feeds. We're not going to do it today. In the future, we're going to cut off the feeds. So if you don't have a membership to my show yet, they're completely free. All you got to do is... Uh, if you want to get on the show, go to studiomoney.info forward slash live guests. If you want to sign up for a lifetime access to the vault, just go to studiomoney.info forward slash the vault. Thanks so much, producer Tom. Uh, links are also in the description in the chat, so go there. So starting next week, actually, we're going to start cutting off the feed to all the other social platforms. We're going to go straight to the vault. The vault's the only place that you could potentially win 10 ounces of pure silver, a silver bar with my logo on it. It's the only place you could win that. And it's also the only place where you could potentially win today $8,500 by saying the secret word of the day. And I've given you quite a few clues already. All you got to do is say that secret word and you could win $8,500 today. So at any rate, uh, as we have been today, we are going to also uh, give out some additional free gifts to the people that get on the air. Uh, could be any number of things. So when you get on the air, it could potentially be two tickets to Turning Point if you've never been to Turning Point. Could be other gifts that I tend to surprise people with. If you've already been to Turning Point, I might surprise you with something else. So at any rate, uh, all you got to do to get on the air is go to studiomoney.info forward slash live guests. I know we've got a bunch of guests sitting in the studio, including some people who were patient from yesterday. So I'm going to show you a video of Turning Point. I'm going to show you a video of another event we do called The Next Level. And then we're going to enter the vault. So uh, enjoy these two videos about some of the courses that we do. I'll see you on the other side in the vault. Turning point. A total change in direction for the better. Who here is ready for a turning point? You absolutely have to have one. Put them on. The two-day turning point seminar is different than any other program in that it does more than just teach you the skills for your relationships, wealth, and power. It also programs you on a subconscious level to put those skills into immediate use. This weekend is about empowerment. This weekend is about you understanding how to take charge of your own life. You will learn total control of your thoughts and emotions. How to use PND or psychoneural duplication to take on the thoughts and actions of others to produce similar results. Whether it's losing weight, changing habits, being a millionaire. When you think what a millionaire thinks and you do what a millionaire does, you'll produce similar results. You will learn to program these powerful tools at a subconscious level for immediate and lasting results. Your conscious mind is what's called your critical factor. It's the mind you're using right now to determine whether the information I'm giving to you will work for you or not. Your subconscious mind, on the other hand, is merely a computer. It's non-critical. It doesn't even have the ability to make judgment. So all trance, hypnosis, reprogramming is, is setting aside the critical factor of your conscious mind and non-critically accepting suggestions. And empowering. To make a fear vanish, you must experience it fully as it helps you create your life exactly the way you want it. Bring your family closer. Find the love of your life. Create strategies for wealth. Learn irresistible influence and so much more. Because of the intimate nature of this course, seats are very limited. Register now before your life passes you by and there are no more turning points for you. 
Tens of thousands of people have learned this information and are using it daily. You don't get angry if you get fired from your job and you know that within two years you will be a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. It's your time. There's a way for you to win this game that is different than how you're doing it. And it works. It's your life. When you learn how to do that, you become more powerful and power is for use. It's your turning point. Here at the Next Level event in Las Vegas, and this has been the most transformational week of my life. I got to a point where before this event, I, I had nothing less to hold on to. I lost my apartment, the love of my life, went through the worst heartbreak I've ever experienced. I now feel stronger than I ever have. I have more confidence in my future than I could have imagined. So I gotta say, Marshall, thank you. Thank you for putting everything together. Thank you for believing in us, for pouring everything you have into your students. As a result of that, you've saved my life. For anyone who's out there that's going through something, whether it's emotional, whether it's a business challenge, if there's something in your life that you're looking to change, I guarantee you, come to one of these events, Turning Point, Next Level, and you will find the solutions, and you'll be strong, and you'll be ready to take on whatever direction it is you're wanting to go. Participating in the March Civil Next Level. It's phenomenal. It's great. It really pushes yourself. Um, I mean, when you come here, you're really pushing yourself, like, as it is to the next level. Kind of cocky when I'm like, oh, yeah, big tough guy, gonna be destroying this course. But especially when you're up on the high things, you really feel the nerves and you're like, oh, oh, God. But, you know, you really just gotta trust yourself because that's what it's all about, you're just trusting yourself. Thanks again, March Civil, for the next level. See you soon. Silver, it is just amazing. Between the physical challenges, the team challenges, I really felt like I took my life and my business to the next level. Thanks, Marshall and AJ. It's amazing. Uh, what can I say? Next level is always amazing. As you saw in that short clip, the breakthroughs and the advancements and the understandings that people come to are not available anywhere else. You can only get them here at the next level. To all the people that have come through the next level, I am so glad to have been able to be a part of this part of your life. I trust that the uh, 
advancements and the understandings will continue to bless you for a lifetime. And to the folks that are considering next level, I just want you to know that in your life, there are so many times when you wanted to do something and it felt right for you to do it and you hesitated, you didn't follow through, you didn't go to the next level. I want you to consider those moments and all those regrets you might have had. And don't do it again. Don't do it anymore at all. Come with us. Let us take your life to the next level. I'll see you there. Welcome back. We are live in the vault where we can talk about sex, money, power, and all the things that actually matter in your life. We can talk about anything. And not only do you have a chance to chat with me about things you may not want to or are able to talk about with other people, you could also win 10 ounces of pure silver. 10 ounces, that's right. 10 ounces of pure silver right there to take home. They're collector's items and they are finely minted of fine silver. So all good stuff. Plus, if you say the secret word of the day, you could win $8,500 today. Somebody asked in the chat because we showed you a couple of the events. And I want to show you another event in a little while here that we've got coming up. They said, what order should we attend the seminars in? And without a doubt, the first seminar you want to go to is Turning Point. And then after that, everything is designed to stand alone. So it doesn't really matter. That said, we do have a first million irresistible influence event coming up March 4th, just a couple of weeks from now, about 10 days from now, March 4th through the 7th in Las Vegas. First million irresistible influence. One of my favorite courses where we teach you how to sell anybody anything at any time. We teach you how to make this your first million or your best millions year and so much more. In the meantime, before I show you that, let's get uh, somebody in the line here. Uh, Dave Ryan, you were with us yesterday. You were patient. You came back. I tip my hat to you and I say thanks. Welcome home. You are live on the air now. Thank you very much, Marshall. Great to um, finally meet you. You're great. You, you too, friend. Where are you calling in from? Panama. Wow, fantastic. So we, we literally are all over the world right now. We had a call from Scotland. We had a lot of calls from Canada. We mm -hmm. just had one from New Zealand and you're in Panama. Why are you in Panama? That's the first question. Um, going back 16 years, I had a tax fight with the Inland Revenue in England. And ah. I, uh, I paid somebody to be on my side. He was an ex-tax inspector. And he said, if I was you, you've got, you, you, you're not married, no kids. You've got, you've got a house, you've got a car. Sell them. Put them, put the money somewhere he's, where he suggested so they never find it, which, which is one of these places. Yes. And um, I fought them for three years. If I stayed in England, I would have lost everything. After three years of fighting them, I just settled for ten thousand pounds, from being like seven hundred and fifty thousand to down to ten. So I guess bullies are bullies everywhere, aren't they? Absolutely. I don't know much about property tax, property laws from your your guest a moment ago, but there is one way to protect your assets, and that's by having a foundation in Panama, and the foundation then owns all your property. That you don't, you may pay like one dollar a year rent or something but you don't own the property, they can't touch it. Well, that's also good advice. And I have a couple of friends that have moved down to Panama and they, they love it just fine. Uh, how did you find out about me? Um, 
I've been involved in the personal development marketplace for many, many years. I spent three years working in Tony Robbins' empire. I worked with an English guy called Ron Holland who wrote a book called Talk and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. That's how I got started working with him. And if you ever, you've probably never seen his book. His, his book was aimed at salespeople. It's called Talk and Grow Rich. But the first chapter in the book is called Silence, Stillness and Solitude. I like it. So why, why, would a, why would there be a book about selling and the first chapter telling you just to be quiet? <laughs> and he, he basically said, he, he was a hypnotist as well, he said, if you let your mind solve the problems, it will solve them. Rather you, rather you trying to think how to solve it, he just said, he said, subconscious mind, solve the problem. And then he, he didn't think about it anymore. He just let the subconscious mind solve the problem. And it's kind of like when when I am speaking about something, whether it's somebody's name or just some topic, and I'm drawing a blank in the moment, mm-hmm. what I say either to myself or sometimes I'll even say it out loud is I'll say, yeah, you know, I was over there with this guy. Uh, his name is, uh, it'll come to me. Yeah, That's all I say is it'll come to me. And then I let it go. And then I go on with the conversation and sure a moment later, it comes to me. Because that's how our subconscious mind works. Apparently, the subconscious never forgets anything. Is that right? Anything from being a baby? Nothing, no, it, it's always remembered. Like I teach, you can choose to remember it no more. You cannot yeah. make it a focus. But yeah, it's always there. It's in. You do anything to your computer. I don't care how you erase that drive. There's still evidence of what was there. Okay. What well, my question yesterday was about the the RAS, the reticular activating system. Yes. Reticular. I'm sure you know about that, right? Of course, it's that little, it's the icon that's bouncing up and down on your computer. That's the only thing you can look at until you take Your sound's gone off. Are you there? Yeah, I can hear you now. <laughs> the last sentence. Yeah, what I, I was saying that. is it's the, it's the avatar icon bouncing on your screen that is the only thing you can see when you're looking at the screen because it's moving. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is you go take care of that thing. So that is what people do. They they take care of the thing that's making the most noise. Yeah. But in, you're talking yesterday about you must fall in love in fall in love with sales. Is um, having a pattern interrupt and bypassing the RAS. So you talk to the subconscious. That must be an important part of selling as well, right? Well, ultimately, all sales decisions, all buying decisions, are based subconsciously and then backed up consciously. Mm-hmm. All buying decisions are based first on emotion and then backed up with logic. So mm-hmm. when you understand that process, the best question to ask if I want or I seek to influence somebody else is how can I affect their emotions? How can I make this thing have meaning to them? And it could mm-hmm. be something as simple as, you know, show, show, going to the gym or it could be something as simple as giving up their space in line to me doesn't matter, you know, all the way up to, you know, buying a $10 million home or a, you know, $50 million jet. Bottom line is people make decisions based first on emotion, and then they find reasons to justify that behavior with logic. Yeah. I have one more question. I want to share something. Yesterday you spoke about um, you're doing a a fast, fasting every day. Yes, uh, yes. Intermittent fasting. I don't eat until after my show. Are you familiar with autophagy? I'm not. You should really check that out. I'm surprised. It will it's tell all, me what it is. Autophagy means eat thyself. It's spelled A-U-T-O-P-H-A-G-Y. Awesome. 
after a certain amount of hours of fasting, obviously you've got no food and your body looks for other ways to get get nourishment, get food, get the, get the calories. What autophagy is basically your, your body, it, you start by eating the, the bad proteins that can be found in your brain, can be found in many different places. If people have got a problem with um, not, not being able to remember things, if they go to do fasting and autophagy, it cleans the brain up, making the memory comes back. It's even been proven to kill, to kill some kill cancer cells. I like it. So, yeah, so I was just talking to an MD yes, uh, not yesterday, last week, uh -huh. and I was talking about some things, and he said specifically, he said you need to start fasting beyond your intermittent fasting every day. And I said, mm -hmm. what do you mean? He said you just need to fast more. We talked a lot about it, and he said the same thing that you know there's a point you you've just stored up such a storehouse of extra energy you got to burn back through it and get back to normal when i worked with tony robbins he had a, a guy working with him called bob bays dr bob bays have you ever heard of him never his wife was called brandon bays and they both were involved in in help, helping and working with, with tony very close this is like more than 30 years ago at one point brandon started to feel like she had issues and she went for a checkup and she found that she had a, a cancer tumor the size of a melon in, in a top of her abdomen. And she went back to see her husband and she was all in tears, went to see Tony. And she was in tears telling Tony, he said, well, Tony said, you know how we work here. Are you gonna accept that? Or are you gonna let you let your body cure, cure yourself? If you, she wrote a book called The Journey 20 some years ago. When she was first diagnosed with the cancer, they said, you got like three months to live. Well, that's 20 years ago. And she's helped thousands of people cure themselves of cancer. A lot of it is to do with autophagy. And a Japanese scientist, he won the Nobel Prize in what he wrote about autophagy and how, how beneficial it is. So if, awesome. you do your own re if you do your own research, I think you'd be fascinated and your fast will get longer. Well, I like it. And I uh, had not heard of Brandon Bayes, but I uh, see she's done quite a bit. Yeah. Like the fact Lovely. So what other, what other, any other question for me? One question. Um, why is it as humans, why don't we do what we know we should do? Like people know they should stop smoking, we should stop eating, we should stop taking drugs. We should do things to make money. We know we, know, we, know we should do them, but we don't. Why is that? Because there's no such thing as willpower. It doesn't exist. Right. We do who we are. And so mm -hmm. I ask people frequently, who were you on the day that you were born? Were you a fat person trying to lose weight or were you a slender person who over time has put on some extra pounds? There's a difference. A fat mm -hmm. person trying to lose weight will keep doing what fat people do. A slender person who put on a few extra pounds when they finally go back to rem remembering who they are, it's not a battle to stop overeating. It's not a battle to take the fat off. You're simply a different person. And so it's the same thing, you know, when, when I view my life that I'm a millionaire whose money has not yet been deposited in my bank account, then I don't see, gosh, how can I work hard and make some money? I say, no, it's my birthright. It's natural. It's, it's available to me. All I've got to do is, is look properly and I'll see it. And then the combination will be clear to me. So it's right. not enough to learn something. You've got to become somebody new. So that's the question to ask. No, I quit drinking alcohol in July of last year. And one of the reasons was for my children. But one of the other reasons is as much as I enjoyed it, and I admit it, I enjoyed it. As much as I enjoyed it, I also realized that if I am going to help other people with the quality of their lives, 
and really assist them in going to the next level, then I have to be as sharp as I possibly can be in every area. So right. why do people drink and smoke and overeat and do all sorts of things when they know it's bad for them? It uh, comes from a line from a, a performer from your neck of the woods, George Michael said something in one of his songs. And what he said was something I just can't explain, something in me needs this pain. Right. And that line, that lyric is so profound to me because when people are doing things they know are not good for them, that work against them, they are literally saying, I wanna spank myself and I want to feel the abuse because I don't think I deserve to feel better. Interesting. Yep. Hypnosis <laughs> is probably the, the only, the most powerful way to help people, correct? Is that right? Hypnosis is everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. so what bad habit do you have that you want me to whack you on the forehead and get rid of? Not performing as high as I should. Good. Yeah, I, I would say probably risking more, huh? Yeah, risking more. Than, I, I, over the years, I've taken lots of risks and I raced motorbikes for 25 years, I traveled all over the world, did martial arts for, for 12 years. I love it. So are you allowed, do you travel or you just stay in Panama? I came here because of the tax people and um, had a daughter 14 years ago. So I originally stayed because of my daughter. But now I stay because I want to. <laughs> sure. I can never and live so, in. So are you able to travel to the States? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've been there many times and I used to live in, in California for 18 months. Oh, good. And then you realized it was the craziest part of the States. Uh, I, I would never want to live in America. Too many restrictions. I would agree. And it's, it's getting worse. And, you know, we got to make some changes here. Yeah, and I've been seeing recently in England how many stabbings there are every day. It's just crazy. I would agree. Well, here, I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you Panama, a... Here in ahead. Panama, the crime rate is extremely low. It's like... In, I, I've no no fear of going anywhere. There's no way I feel like I'm going to go and something's going to happen. It's just, you know... You don't get that feeling that somebody's going to attack you or somebody's going to mug you or somebody's going to do something. There's very little racism. You go out and people mix together quite happily. So, so why do you suppose that is? You got a third world country. You're certainly, you know, probably less law enforcement. Why do you suppose people behave? Just it's the cultures. Like if you do years ago, if you did something wrong in England, you, you get to get the cop to tell you off and then you go home and your dad and take his belt off. Because if you've done something wrong, your dad would punish you. It's the same yep. here. People are very family orientated. So if you do something wrong, it's going to affect the whole family. So the f people people have a lot more respect here to the police and to the to their family and to other people. They respect have a lot more respect. In in England, you see the police getting called all sorts of names and get spat out. They all that doesn't happen here. I agree. You know, the United States, as I'm sure you know, has the largest prisoner population of the world. Yeah. And it's all because it's pay for play. It's all because they are for profit prisons and the judges and all the people that are involved with putting people behind bars in these for profit prisons don't want people coming out. Mm -hmm. And I would agree that there's, you know, nations like Japan who has almost very little crime inside of Japan, all because of honor, all yeah. because uh, you know, people, they, they, they know this is dishonorable. Don't do it. And I think that ultimately that's what governs people. You, you ask the question, why do people smoke or drink or gamble or you know, mm -hmm. do things they know are hurting them? And it's the same reason people steal. They just mm -hmm. think that's the best life they can have. They don't think it can be any better. 
And so, you know, the, the challenge for people is you've got to subconsciously open their mind, not to new possibilities. You've got to open up their mind to new certainties. And when people are certain things happen in a different way, guess what? They win. You know, for me, I have three babies. I have three young ones. I've got a son about to turn 13. I've got a son about to turn 11 and a daughter that's nine. And everything I do is for my wife and my children. Every word I speak, every action I do, I consider them. And I think that that's, that's the thing that has been eroded here in the U.S. is those family values are the things that cause people to say, look, you don't, you don't avoid that thing because it's illegal. You avoid that thing because it's wrong. And, and I think that's where we got to go. Hey, uh, make sure you stay on for the rest of the show. Loved your questions. Loved your mind. I'm going to give you two tickets to Turning Point. And as much as I know you don't care for the U.S., I would love to meet you in person in Las okay. Vegas uh, coming up real soon. So you take care, my friend. And you. Thanks. You bet. Good people. Good questions. Yeah, we certainly are international very quickly. Hearing from Panama. Uh, obviously, yesterday we heard from Scotland. Uh, we had somebody on from New Zealand previously. All sorts of people. Uh, we also had somebody on, I think, yesterday that had to go take care of some other things. So I'm going to put her on today. Satya, you are live on the air. Welcome home. Nice to meet you, Marshall. And you too. How may I change your life? Well, you already have, actually. Back in 2021 is through Builderall is where I came across your, as you yeah. hopefully remember, came across your material. And I'm actually a Canadian and I live in Ixtapa, Mexico. Uh, about six months after I came across your material and absorbed it like SpongeBob, like religiously, daily and nightly, my life was in turmoil at the time. I was a single mother of three kids and I lost everything. And, and I was just like, how am I going to do this? So luckily you were a part of that affiliate marketing company I was with. And I, I'm a bit website builder by trade for my entire life. So Love it. I just absorbed so are, that. Are you, are you still building websites? Yes, I do. Yeah, on the side. But I actually run a dog rescue here in Mexico. I have 36 dogs. 10 of them are in the room with me. I, I love it. But so I just... The dog rescue in Mexico. That's a big project. There's a lot of loose dogs down there. There's a ton of street dogs here. I have yeah. some with broken legs. I've got some... I've got like 20 plus puppies that were delivered to me. I just started this rescue. I wanted to go slow, but that's not what was in stake for me. So I've got 36 dogs of today and I've only been in business, well not business, but I opened my shelter mid-December when I found two little street dogs that really were in need of help. And I just, I just needed to do something. So real quick, I wanted to tell you something which was so magical. Your Prosperity Palace, your home, which I, yeah. I, I know your backstory. I've, I've listened to so much of your material. I feel like I know you. I already. love you too. Oh, yeah, okay. And even your family, like, I feel like I just know you guys. It's, you're, you're an awesome guy. You have great, great things to teach people in terms of family and business and just yep. getting your life together. So when, when I was in that weird state, I lost my nice home by the ocean and I was staying in my mother's house with my three kids. I would go to the basement in her shoddy laundry room and think, hear your voice. And I would say, I'm in a palace. And this is my my palace laundry room, okay? Six months later, and not because I was trying, I ended up living in Ixtapa Palace in Mexico for four, about five and a half months. So the word palace, and I don't feel like, I'm a country girl, I don't feel like I'm, I didn't ever feel like I was overly deserving of a palace in my life. I get that from my mom, we're really humble. But I ended up getting myself into a place called Ixtapa Palace and have a safe place to land for me and my kids and my dog. 
And then I ended up here doing what my passion is. I've, I've even met Caesar Milan and studied under him. I've always wanted to do this and help dogs. Wow. And honestly, you are an integral part of that. And I'm surprised I'm not crying and emotional. I'm trying to be, and that's one of, one of the questions I have for you actually is, I know you can help me with this because you've already helped me with so much. I have a tendency to get overly emotional when I'm around a hurt animal or I need to express myself to somebody and, and it's an emotionally charged subject. I don't want to be that way because some people see it as being weak. And I see it as one of my greatest strengths because I have the ability to be empathetic and act on it with strength through the tears. However, what do you think about using, letting your emotion be a part of what you're doing. Like I'm trying to grow this rescue. I, I, I'm a solo rescuer. I, I need funding. I need sponsors. I actually have a chance right now to get a white label brand of a, a, a pet CBD oil for free, the entire deal covered. If I can get enough people on board with me, which is this little thing I'm doing, but I don't want to use emotion and try to guilt people into helping me even though I'm so emotional about it. I want to be like, do you think it's okay to involve emotion in what you're doing in this type of a circumstance or should you always remain kind of stoic? Of course not. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. So oh. yeah, I'm totally pulling your, I'm joking. No, we just talked about this when I was on the air a moment ago chatting with Dave. I talked about the fact that all buying decisions are based first on emotion and the backup yeah. logic. So that would then lead to the question, okay, Marshall, if you use emotional triggers and emotional pressure and emotional leverage to get people to buy or fund or do anything, is that ethical? Yeah. That's a that's the question. Is that yeah. ethical? Yeah. So first and foremost, I want to tell you, you're a powerhouse. You know, you and I had never met. Uh, obviously, I saw you there and I've, I've noticed you comment a couple times on the show. You're a powerhouse. And so you need to accept that. Because I think that that's one step that you have not yet accepted, that you could be in Mexico, you could be in Canada, you could be in the U.S., you could be in Argentina, you could be anywhere. I'll make it work. Do, I'll make it work. Yeah, it's well, true. You're, you're going to make it work. You're going to do great things, first and foremost. But then the second part is, you know, you're asking, you know, I'm an emotional person. Well, I'm an emotional person. I cry actually quite easily. Okay. I laugh even easier. And, and I don't mind either one. I like experiencing emotion. It makes me yeah. feel alive. If people do not have emotion in their lives, uh, they will create turmoil and they will create usually negative emotion in their lives. So how do we get out of being purely emotional? We set tasks ahead of us that mm. we need to accomplish that our emotional expressions cannot deter us. Okay. So, you know, while you cry, I cry too. You know, at my seminars, often, if somebody has a particularly uh, heartfelt experience or something going on or a transformation, I, I cry. So there's nothing wrong with that. But let's get back to the idea of do you use emotion as mm -hmm. leverage? Do you use emotion as a means of influence? And the answer is absolutely. Okay. When, when you believe in your product at a level that you have a moral and ethical obligation. I think that shows and beams because I'm not like, I'm no actress here. I can't turn on the faucets. I have a broken dog in, in my arms and I just start to cry when I'm on a live video. And I'm like, is this okay to do on my live videos? Should... Some people message me and say, don't do that. Don't cry. And I'm like, what are you? Oh, okay. Now I'm starting to rethink 
things. But that's just one yeah. person's opinion, right? I can't. No, take and, and, and they're not multimillionaires. You well, can take their advice. They're <laughs> they far from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that's a great question, and I think a great question for everybody, regardless of what people are selling or promoting, is that yeah. do we use emotion? Yes. When you believe in what you're selling, you have a moral and ethical obligation to sell it. And the reverse is also true, though, that when you don't believe in what you're selling, you have a moral and ethical obligation to stop selling it, even when things change halfway down the stream. There you go. I'll give you an example. I uh, had a product that people had introduced to me, and it was called Via Cream. Mm -hmm. And it was an MLM. It was a, it was a product sold in a little vial, little tube. And it was uh, sold and touted as the female Viagra. It was touted as this cream that would enhance the woman's sexual experience. So when I got some samples of the cream, I checked it out with the woman that I was dating and she loved it. She said, oh my God. And then I gave it to my friends and they checked it out. And, and what you're supposed to do with the cream is you're supposed to rub it on the woman's private parts for like 20 minutes. Do you know before being intimate? And I'm thinking, well, yeah, isn't that just spit? Isn't that all just spit? I know, that's anyway. enough right there. Like, we're human. <laughs> so at any rate, the cream is cool. The women kept calling it toe curling, which I thought was a good description. I, I like that description. But then what happened was the uh, I, I offered some people the product, and I stood in front of 100 people, and we sold $250,000 worth of product. Wow inside of 20 minutes wow Whew. the commission on the website on retail sales was 50 percent. well 50 percent of 250 is 125 that's easy math yeah so a couple weeks later i get my check and the checks for seventy-five thousand dollars. and i called up the company and i said hey i need to talk to somebody about my check and they said who is this i said this is marshall silver they said we've been awaiting your phone call I said, great. I <laughs> they catched me through to the owner and I said, hi, this is Marshall Silver. They, oh, I've been waiting for your call. Wanted to congratulate you. You're amazing. I said, yeah, that's the thing. I uh, got my check and it's short $50,000. He said, well, we've never had anybody sell that much product in 20 minutes. So we don't think it's fair that you make $125,000 in you know just 20 minutes. You didn't really do much. Wow. And I just told him, I said, I'm going to give you one shot. You can either write me a check for $50,000 right now, and I'll continue promoting your product. Or don't write me the check, and, and I won't come after you, but I also won't promote your product. And I'll tell everybody that bought the product, I'm out of the business. Clearly, well, that's what happened. <laughs> he said, you do what you have to do. I said, okay. Called everybody up, and I said, I like the product, but the company is going to be out of business inside of six months. Now, because if this is how they treat their number one distributor, then yeah, right. imagine how they treat everybody else. So they were out of business six months later. And so, you know, again, when you believe in what you're selling, you have a moral and ethical obligation to sell it. And you, even if it changes midstream, if it doesn't, if you don't believe it anymore, you got to stop. So where, so you, you build websites and I think that's a great thing. You, do you build websites on uh, Builderall? Yes, I do actually. So I still, they've just been getting better and better over the years. So yeah. Good. I'll, so I'll even, after, even after Eric sold the company, it still got yes, they, uh, Yeah. God bless Eric Salgado. That guy's amazing. He, he, got, amazing. he got me, like, he started it for me. He, he really had, like, he personally gave, mentored me and gave me a, what I needed to move forward with that and, and to do like uh, more, be more social online. And cause I was, a, I would never take a selfie. I would make fun of people who took selfies. Now, look at me, I'm taking selfies with dogs and cats all day long. Like, I feel bad for being so judgmental back then, but he opened my mind to a lot. And yeah, they did just transfer hands and the new owners are doing great. 
kudos to them because yeah. all like my website that I have for my rescue, I built on there. And had I not had all those tools, which I did not have before I get into this industry, you're able to teach yourself with these kind of things. You know, people like Marshall that give you that. It's just the, like we were mentioned, like you were mentioning earlier when you were talking to David Ryan and um, and the other guy. You have to. There's no such thing as motivation, right? I used to be over 200 pounds. Wow! And I got in really good shape. I have biceps, and like I'm not, I'm not like I don't have no six pack. I won't tell you if it is. I don't know where it gets it's hidden. But I'm in great shape now. And I used to walk with a cane as well. I was really I had an accident in 2012. Um, my sister's on here watching. Thank you, sister. Because, and yes, millionaires cry too. I saw she typed that in there. She helped me through that accident in that time. But I really needed to recuperate that. And thanks to you and people in the network marketing industry, you can really self-educate yourself if you dive deep enough and take courses. Like, what was the course you offered through Builder All? Was it the Millionaire Mindset? Amazing. Everybody needs to get that audio into their head at least once or multiple times in their life if they want to do anything with themselves because we all have blockages. I never knew what a popper was until I met you. I mean, now I can call them out and I say to people, popper mentality, do you want to know what a popper is? You might not because you're acting like one, but if I tell you what it is, you can change. I used to have that popper mentality. You changed that in me. I do not have, I have a prosperous mentality now, not a poverty consciousness, right? And that was, that's really hard to get out of a poverty consciousness. You're, you're really good at what you do. You're the hypnotist factor, the way that you do your like trainings of just kudos to you. I don't follow celebrities. I'm not that kind of person. You are my celebrity. You're the person I'm very happy to meet because I do really feel like you helped me in my life to get me where I am today. I don't want to take up too much time. How much time do we have left? No, I've got, I've got a gift for you, Katya. I've got a gift for you. Um, have you been to Turning Point? No, and I don't think I can go because I have 36 dogs at my rescue and I'm a solo person here until I get, and I will get to the point where I have helpers. I actually have an old hotel that I live in and I have 15 rooms so in a big yard with a pool, no water in it. The pool needs some work, but I managed to get this old, old hotel with areas outside that I can turn into the, inn, like I call it there. You can see on my thing, founder of the Lucky Paws Inn. I call it an inn. I don't have kennels or cages. The dogs live with me and my kids in a family environment. And unfortunately I have to be here. If I could go to turning point, maybe, maybe by then I'll be able to do it. Who knows? Maybe I'll get the people here to stay at my inn while I can travel. But right now I just don't foresee myself being able to leave in the near future. It sucks. Well, <laughs> every, everything you're talking about, yes, is uh, you're describing a business owner, which is worse than being self-employed. You know, my, my buddy, Robert Kiyosaki talks about the cash flow quadrants and he talks yeah. about, employee, self-employed, business owner, and then investor. Yeah. You are an employee if you trade hours for dollars. Probably you... for life with what I'm doing because I'm dedicating myself to these animals and this cause. And I know I'm 45 years old. I've lived a good life. I've been able to travel around and have fun. I'm very a homebody kind of girl. So I kind of, I don't mind that. I just don't want to be struggling. I just want to be able to, like in, in what you're saying, maybe I could get to that quadrant. Yes. Yeah, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna help you get to that. I'm gonna help you get to that quadrant right now. So I'm not only gonna give you two tickets. I'm not only gonna give you two tickets to Turning Point. I'm gonna give you one ticket to First Million Irresistible Influence, which is also a six thousand dollar ticket. So with the Turning Point tickets, that's twelve thousand dollars worth of gifts coming from me, and we'll keep them on account because one of the fastest things you've got to do is yes, you must whether it's a family member 
or the kid down the street that loves dogs as much as you do. Yeah, you've got to start finding other people that can also take on some of your tasks and burdens. Otherwise, another 20 dogs are going to kill you exactly. and you're going you're to you're die happily because you love serving you know, <laughs> creatures and you love serving people, but it's going to kill you. So you've got to. So without any further ado, I'm going to have my team put you in the records as a, a fully paid for two tickets to Turning Point, fully wow. paid for one ticket to Irresistible Influence and First Million. And wow. whenever you can get there, because we've been doing this for our, over uh, 40 years, yes. whenever you can get there, I look forward to seeing you at the event. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps because I know, I've read Robert Kiyosaki's books. I've got all Donald Trump's books in my head. Grant Cardone, I'm not so big on Gary Vee, but I love the guy, I just don't read his stuff. Um, I should read his books. Um, I, I know what you're talking about with the cash flow quadrant, and I know I, I thought I boxed myself in there, and you're making me realize, and I'm so on fire right now, I don't have to stay there. There yeah, are. So let me ask you a question, because this is how this community works. What yes. city are you in? I'm, I'm in Zihuatanejo, Mexico, on the West Coast. The, you know on the movie Shawshank Redemption? It's where they ran oh, away to at the end yeah, of the that, movie. Yeah, that's, that's where the uh, Tim, that's where the character went to yes. to disappear. Brooks and... Um, Oh, I can't remember. I'm too on fire right so now. Here's my point. If you didn't look in the chat, one of our level 10 students, Inner Circle members, Tina Emmons, phenomenal human being, just one of the kindest, most amazing people you'll ever meet. Tina in the chat uh, volunteered oh. to uh, run your shelter while you go to Turning Point. Oh, so. Tina, you know, Mexico is not a bad place. We've got so many beaches here. We've got whale watching, baby turtle releases, crocodiles. There's nothing you won't find here. It's amazing. <laughs> Yes, I, I learned how to I learned how to water ski in a lagoon in Mexico filled with crocodiles. Wow! They didn't, yeah. they didn't tell me it was filled with crocodiles till I was putting the skis on, and they said, "Don't fall down." And I you said, "Flames in your mouth, like flaming fall down because the crocodiles will get you." Well, I'll tell you, I was the best water skier ever. I bet. That's hey, I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here. We're going to take your information. We're going to get you connected with Tina if that's a legitimate offer. Oh, she yeah, usually, I love it. She's always so, welcome. God bless. Take care. Good to see you. Wow. That's this community. You know, everybody steps up to assist everybody else. And, and what a great thing. Andy Dufresne. Yes. Thanks, Peter. Andy Dufresne. Uh, life is good. And, and I'm having so much fun with this show. I, I, I got to tell you. Oh, by the way, I want to show you the gift that I just gave to uh, Satya so she knows what she's getting and you know what uh, could potentially uh, come your way as well. This is First Million. Take a look. Isn't it time for your first million? Wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to do what you love and learn how to monetize that on a seven-figure level? Do you want to know exactly what you need to do and what not to do to have your biggest year ever? If not now, when? First Million. A two-day subconscious learning experience that both teaches and programs you with the personality traits and habits of multimillionaires. At First Million, you'll learn how to take almost any wealth vehicle to a seven-figure level or better. You'll learn how to stop using vehicles that don't work, are too difficult, or simply unsuited for you. Making money is supposed to be fun. Stop living your life, getting ready to live your life, and start living a life of adventure. First Million was crafted to not just change what you do, it's also going to change who you are. Instead of trying to become a millionaire, you'll learn that you're already a millionaire, even if the money has not yet been deposited in your bank account. 
Beyond Mindsets, you'll learn the actual personality traits of multimillionaires so you'll naturally do what millionaires do to produce a similar result. One of the key personality traits of a millionaire is charisma. Imagine being able to walk into a room and without speaking a word, have the entire room drawn to you. Imagine others hanging on your every word, wanting to be near you, to be in business with you, and hungry to buy whatever you're selling. First Million will teach you how to use the charisma that politicians, entertainers, CEOs, and celebrities use to move nations and make millions. You'll also learn how to get more done in less time. You'll learn priority management and what the highest and best use of your time is. You'll learn laser-like focus upon IGAs or income generating activities and you'll learn to let go of anything below your pay grade. What if you had more customers than you ever imagined? What if they came right to you and fought to buy from you? At First Million, you'll learn attraction marketing and strategies to get others to pay you for your marketing and advertising before they even purchase your offer. When you attend your First Million, you'll begin to see an overwhelming amount of amazing opportunities all around you. You'll look through the matrix and easily identify target-rich environments. You'll learn dovetailing and stacking strategies to acquire more customers and do more business with the customers you already have. Unless something is sold, no money is made. Whether you're a sales pro, a novice, or even scared to death of selling something, your first million is going to have you fall in love with influence and enjoy it as the game that it is. When you believe in what you're selling, you're obligated to sell it. You'll learn exact language patterns of influence and persuasion. You'll learn how to get others to ask you for what you're selling and have them believe it was their idea. You'll become dynamically able to use arcing statements, direct links, embedded commands, and so much more. An entire tool belt of selling gambits will be yours after you get to your first million. As a first million alumni, you will be clear on what you need to do to GTFM or get the freaking money. You deserve great wealth and your first million will help to raise your self-esteem around the topic of money. The amount of money you make will always be determined by your own self-image. You'll learn what billion dollar corporations already know about outsourcing, how to get anything below your pay grade done for pennies on the dollar. Your first million will give you the groundwork to understand presentation skills and the highest paid profession on the planet, public speaking. When you graduate from your first million, you'll be able to create presentations that inspire with confidence and power. If all that weren't enough, there's so much more. Making your first million is almost certainly going to require that you manage at least a small team. You'll walk out of the course with the knowledge of how to lead teams and synergistically get more done in less time. Technology has made our lives so much easier as we've learned how to harness it. The First Million course will teach you what is up to date and available in technology so that you can use that cutting edge technology to get more done and have more fun. You'll also learn how to harness the power of the internet for massive passive profits. Every time you attend your first million, you'll learn new technology and internet marketing strategies as these two portions of the class change every time you attend. It's like getting a brand new seminar each time you come.
If you're a representative, you may attend your first million as often as you like, totally free with your enrollment in the first million course. If you're not yet a rep, or if you have not yet invested in your first million, enroll now. Everything begins in five, and you know what you want to say. Go ahead, say it now. Say it out loud. I'm ready for my first million. Say it. In fact, type it in the chat. I'm ready for my first million. Or if you've already made a million, I'm ready for my most millions. But type it in the chat as a proclamation that today is that day indeed. Looks like we had time for one more call before we wrap up for the day. Remember what's at stake here? We got uh, 10 ounces of pure silver, Marshall silver, silver, 10 ounces of, of silver. And we also have $8,500 in the secret word of the day, which just went flying. <laughs> secret word of the day is airborne. There it is. Secret word of the day. So at any rate, Daniel Hernandez, a friend of the show, you are live on the air. Welcome home. Glad you're here. It's like Daniel is muted and away from his camera. There he is. Hey, Welcome can you home. hear me? I can. Where are you calling in from? Awesome. I'm coming. Uh, calling from Miami. Awesome. What do you do? Uh, well, at the moment, I am in transition with that. If we're talking in regards for what I do for finances, so um, I, uh, I I teach breath work. Uh, martial arts and uh, I do other kind of workshops here and there but it's very infrequent so um, I'm kind of in a position where I have to decide whether to get a job or go more full throttle on the things that uh, I'm passionate about good well my vote's always go full throttle and we got to get you a path to get there so how old are you I am 34. Are you married? Do you have a family? I am single. Good. Good. Well, we got some ladies already wanting to change that. But uh, in the meantime, in the meantime, you know, one of the things that I find across the board is very true about people in what I call the healing arts, whether it's martial arts training or dance or meditation or yoga or hypnosis, NLP, is that often those people that are really good at those things and really good at teaching those things are not usually really good at making money. And they're not really good at making money because part of the challenge is they have programs inside of their head that says, you know, I, I, I love people so much and I want to help people so much. They can't really afford it. I just want to help them. And so they end up spending all their time and efforts uh, giving away their services rather than selling them. What's your question today? Yeah, that, that resonates right there. <laughs> so my question is that um, what is the root of procrastination and what is like an effective thought process to transcend, a.k.a. move beyond it? Yeah, people procrastinate on things they want to do. And I want to make that distinction. Sometimes people say they're procrastinating and they're really not. They're just flat out avoiding because they don't want to do something. So they're unable to say no to people. Uh, you know, if somebody wants to have lunch with me and I'm just busy and I may even kind of like them, but I don't tell them I'm too busy to have lunch with you. I, I keep putting it off. They may think I'm procrastinating. And frankly, what I'm really doing is avoiding it. The other mm -hmm. reason people procrastinate is they ultimately think that they're going to fail. 
And the reason they procrastinate that thing that, that they're procrastinating is as long as they don't actually do it, they don't have to acknowledge and admit that they're actually a failure. You know, if I, if I procrastinate writing my book and I never quite write the book, then I don't have to acknowledge that nobody wanted to read it. If I procrastinate, you know, asking the neighbor girl out on a date uh, and she ends up, you know, meeting somebody else and getting married, then I never have to acknowledge the fact that she didn't want to go out with me anyways and she was going to reject me. And so procrastination right. is either avoidance and we got to identify that ourselves. But if it's not avoidance, then it's a fear that the thing that we want to accomplish won't work out. This broadcast, two hours a day, five days a week. Obviously, there's extra time required for all the elements that go into this broadcast and so much more. And we don't have much of an audience right now. Every single person that's supposed to be here, including yourself, is here. But it's not the 1,000 or 10,000 or 100,000 people that I am seeking to have live on this program. At the same time, we all must remember that everything starts so you are, you said you're a personal trainer, except I make a little wager. You don't have a business card. No. So one of the things uh, that I would do if I were you, and obviously we're in a different time, is not necessarily get a business card. There's lots of apps right now, though, that allow you via your phone to give your data to somebody else. So you can bump their phone and give them your, your, your data, your calling card, your social media links and so forth. But that's the first thing you've got to do is really decide, am I actually in this business? Because what you've been doing until now is you've been taking whatever opportunity comes your way. So somebody says, yeah, I need a trainer. You go, hey, I'm a personal trainer. Or they say, yeah, I want to learn. What, what's your martial arts? And here's my prediction. You're jujitsu. Uh, well, that, that's a, it's a good guess because um, I, I, it's called Wing Chun. And it's, um, it's, it's got some similarities in the sense that it's a lot about relaxation. And that's what actually calmed me down because I, I used to be a hothead. I came from boxing and, you know, boxing is like, I try to kill the other guy before he kills you. And then, you know, Wing Chun taught me how to relax and let go of the, the, the body, you know, how to channel. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it changed my life really that and, and fasting. Funny enough, you guys were talking about fasting earlier. I thought that was neat. Yeah, so the, big, the biggest challenge, and I, what I want you to do for the rest of the day, man, is just stop and ask yourself the question, who am I? Because that will determine what you do. And I want you to, to take the time. We do an exercise at Turning Point where people write out their ideal day of work and their ideal day of play. And so I'd mm -hmm. love to have you take some time today and meditate and, and close your eyes and say, if, if my life were perfect and I was doing exactly what I wanted to do with my life, here's how it would unfold. I would wake up in the morning and maybe or maybe not in your case, I don't know, the love of your life is asleep beside you and you climb out of bed and you open mm -hmm. up the curtains and you watch the waves crashing on the shore and you go downstairs and you cut open a papaya and you, you know, you eat it while you're watching <laughs> the sunrise. And, and what I want you to do is go through your whole day that way, because the biggest thing that you're lacking right now is not a, you're not procrastinating. You don't know what to take action on. So that's not procrastination. That's lack of clarity. That's lack yeah. of a definition of purpose. So until mm -hmm. you have a definition of purpose, guess what? Nothing's going to work. Mm. Hey, you're awesome. And I've got to wrap up the show. So you keep listening. I've got two tickets to Turning Point. We do one, about one a year in Florida. We're uh, about every other month Ooh. down in Las Vegas. So we'd love to have you. Uh, you're totally loved, man, and um, I'm glad that you're watching. I, I noticed your name pop up in the chat a bit, so I got my eye on you, man. Make sure you do your assignment. Fair enough? 
Yes, sir. And uh, if I if I could just say really quick, um, yep. with you as my witness, uh, I feel like it makes the affirmation stronger, right? Everyone here is my witness. I am a multimillionaire. It is my birthright, my blueprint. It is my destiny. And everyone who's watching, it is yours too. <laughs> Man, you got a great energy, brother. You are loved. So Thank yeah, we're going to set up point tickets, and I look forward to meeting you soon. Good people always. Hey, we had three people on today's show. We get to as many calls as we can, and and obviously we don't get to everybody. So if you are uh, one of the three people, David from Panama, Satya from Mixtapo, or Daniel from Miami, if you're one of those three people, make sure you keep listening and tell your friends to go to my social media, whether it's the YouTube channel, which is a great place to, to vote because we certainly look there right away, or one of my Facebook channels, go to those channels, vote for David or Satya or Daniel. And if you are one of those three people yourself, go tell your friends to go to the vault, get a membership and vote for you as well. So great, great calls today. Nobody said the secret word of the day. So that means good news for you tomorrow, $9,000 up for grabs. You know, nobody, uh, not a whole lot of people uh, make their guess as to what the secret word is. I saw some guesses going on in the chat. My recommendation, don't guess in the chat because you're probably, you, you could come up with the word in the chat. And if you come up with the word in the chat and somebody else says it on the air, they win. You don't. <laughs> so I wouldn't say the word in the chat if I were you. I would get on the air with me. But what's cool about this is that as it rises, gets higher and higher and higher. The likeliness of somebody winning gets greater. Also, obviously, we're, we're now at $9,000 as of tomorrow. As the dollar amount keeps going up, people are going to become more and more engaged with it. And ultimately, somebody's going to win. My wife asked me the other day, what, uh, what did I think was going to be uh, the point where people would really start digging in and saying, I want to win that cash today? And I told her, I think if nobody wins it by the time we're at twenty thousand dollars i said that's when people are going to start really attempting to figure me out yes in the first part of the show while i was on the air with maurizio and right right as we were chatting during that first hour i always give the clues as to what the secret word of the day is if you got a guess of what you think the secret word is go ahead and put it in the chat and i will open this up but during uh, the first part of the show i did give you clues a few things i said i mentioned uh, japan extensively i talked about monsters twice during the first hour and yeah, it's some kind of a monster. And it's some kind of a monster in Japan. If uh, you had called me up and you had said the secret word of the day was Godzilla, you would have won. Yeah, you're going to get in my brain. You're going to figure it out sooner or later. You're going to win. Hey, I'm Marshall Silver. You are totally loved. It's been such a joy being with you. Tomorrow's show, I'm going to talk about the great IMs. And the reason I am, just as you just saw Daniel proclaiming to the world, the reason I am is such a powerful, powerful, powerful program is it defines everything in your world. So tomorrow morning, I'm going to share with you the great I am's of being a multimillionaire. So be sure to tune in. You totally love. Thanks to our guest. Uh, thanks to our callers calling in. Thanks to my team in the studio. Until we meet, get at least three hugs, give at least five. Tell somebody that doesn't even know you that they are totally loved. See how it changes your day and their day and celebrate life. I'll see you tomorrow.